All right, we are recording, folks. Hey, so I said something funny in the meeting yesterday. Okay. okay. Yeah, I really. And, you know, sometimes you got to make sure that you have a cup of water or something. Mm-hmm. You do. I agree. To, to wet the whistle. I, yeah, I've, I've got a little bit here, which I'll be sure to hydrate everybody. Yeah. But there's a reason. Exactly. Stay hydrated, stay fresh. But so I'm in the, I'm, I'm, and we're talking, we're, we're Jim a jammer in, and it's a, it's a, it's a strategy meeting. It's a pre-strategy meeting. And the company I work with, we have a big partner and happens to be Adobe. And, um, so we're talking, we're talking and it just blurted out, well, the, uh, the Adobe. And then I kept going and I went, whoa, wait a minute, not Adobe, Adobe, Adobe. And <laughs> to see my CMO just do exactly what she just rocked back in her chair. And we derailed this meeting for a solid five minutes. It, you know, it's good when that happens, I feel like, because it can cut through the we're all super formal feeling that oh, often yeah. can happen in some of these meetings. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just like, so Adobe, I mean, Adobe, I didn't say that. Nope, no, nope, I'm not never happened. You can't prove it happened. No, yeah, I'm, yeah. You, <laughs> it means it nothing. Recorded. It means, this is, yeah, hello? <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just glad it was an internal meeting. And my advice is when you do something like that, just to roll with it and to see who laughs. And that's the great thing about Zoom is it was like watching the Brady Bunch cast just roll back in their chairs. <laughs> everyone the everyone does the pullback. Oh, yeah. Pull back all like, from their microphone did he just a little say bit. That? <laughs> Holy shit. Did he just say doobie on a call? <laughs> now, I think the younger generation might not know what that is. But well, that is an old you could, you can person slide, you term can for it. marijuana cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> it's when you had to be a little bit more clandestine. Yes, back more, in the days. Back, back in the day, which isn't yeah. that long ago, to be honest. It's not that long ago. So. No, no, no. We're talking <laughs> twenty years. But yeah, that was a funny one. That one, that one shocked some people in the meeting, including myself, because I had no plans on saying that. And hence yeah. why I recommend water, stay hydrated, and hey. Welcome to Demo Jockeys. My name's Adam DiTomaso, and with me again, as always, is Jack Cochran. Welcome to Dubo- Doobie Jockeys. Welcome <laughs> to Doobie Jockey. <laughs> <laughs> I even almost messed that up, too. I think I said it wrong. It's nah. It came out good, though. It was yeah, good timing. It, it, it works. <laughs> it works. Today's a continuation of our conversation last week, the part two of the conversation with Chris White. It's going to be fantastic. I don't think we need much more lead. I mean, for those of you who didn't no. maybe see last week, pause this. It's not going anywhere. Go back, listen to last week, then come back. But this is a reminder, Chris White, uh, check out Tech Sales Advisors. Check out the book if you haven't bought it. His weekly show on LinkedIn, Tech Sales Advice. Do all the things. And then all good unpause. Things. And then we're going to take you right into the show. So we'll see you there. See you there. Chris, I wanted to do a, do a little bit of a a little bit of a shift because there's something that I wanted to make sure we had time to talk about. It's actually I've seen you talk about this a few times. Something I avoided. Actually, I had told Adam when we were doing our episodes together. I'm like, whatever you do, we're not going to talk about this part of the book because I want to talk about it with Chris because <laughs> it's my favorite analogy. And it's even though you know I was you know 
well into my career before I read the book, it still changed my mindset a little bit and how I approached value-based selling. Chris, talk to me about the shovel. Uh, talk to me about buying a shovel. <laughs> if you could do that, this this because so for me was, revel, was just so reforming. It'd make my day to hear to, to talk about the shovel so, analogy with you a little bit. So of, of <laughs> course, of course, I'll I'll share and 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 certainly I've had a number of people say say I love I love the shovel analogy. So I'll so I'll I'll tell I'll, I'll I'll tell it sort of in its purest form, but then I'll tell you the story behind it. There's actually a story behind it. Okay. I so love it. I love it. so I call this my golden rule of selling technology. What's the golden rule of selling technology? He or she who buys a shovel doesn't want a shovel. They want a hole, but they don't just want a hole. They want a fence or a tree, but they don't just want a fence or a tree. They want privacy or shade or fruit or flowers. And yes, guys, I actually leave one in the office just to make the point. <laughs> we show up with the shiny shovel. And we want to talk about the blade and the handle and how wonderfully built it is, <laughs> right? And the truth is, is most people don't actually care all that much about the shiny shovel. And those who do, oftentimes don't have the budget. So what's the point? Let's not focus on the shiny shovel. Particularly, and by the way, when does this come out? I think, I think it comes out in the book, certainly in the workshops that I run, during discovery, I bring this concept out during discovery. Why? Because it's during discovery that we should be, quote, digging, yes, pun intended, digging into, well, why are you even looking at pick your product, right? CRM or data integration or whatever, whatever it might be to begin with. What are you ultimately trying to achieve? So now, the do you guys do you guys care to hear the story of how I came up with this idea? Oh yes, I will let you. I won't let you leave this interview <laughs> until you tell me the story. I'm already planning on so, using this in tomorrow, by the way. So like in my uh, day job tomorrow, doing this. <laughs> I, I I love it. And by the by the way, I mean this is. I, I do think that, that this simple analogy is a good example of the power of, of good analogies. When, when, when people yeah. hear this, it, like it, it instantly clicks. And, and one of the things I tell people all the time, like if you're having a hard time explaining your product and the benefit of your product, see if you can find a simple analogy. Because, it, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's unbelievably powerful. And I could, I could spend probably 45 minutes talking about that. So, guys, we bought a house. I've, we've lived in this house for, for about five and a half years. And when we bought the house, it had a pool. It has, a, it has a, a pool in the backyard. We bought the house in spite of the fact that it has a pool, not necessarily because it had a pool. I actually didn't, I wasn't looking to be a pool owner. I didn't think I wanted a pool. I love having a pool now. But to me, when we first bought the house, it just seemed like nothing but a, a, lot, a lot of work. In any event, my wife after we'd been in the house for about six months, she said, you know, I really would like to plant some trees on, this, on the side yard so that we can just have a little more privacy between us and our neighbors. Not that we don't love our, love our neighbors. In fact, we love our neighbors. We have great, we have parties and all kinds of stuff. So one morning in May, it was a Saturday morning in May in Northern Virginia, Leesburg, Virginia, to be precise. So if anybody knows the area on, on the regular, it is hot and humid in May in Virginia. I'm out there digging about seven big holes to plant these big trees. I'm on hole number three and my shovel breaks and I don't have another shovel. 
and I'm and I'm thinking for crying out loud, I've I've bloody got to go get a. So I climb in the car. I'm sweaty. I'm dirty already, right? And I'm driving to the Home Depot down the street. It's probably ten or fifteen minute drive. And literally, guys, as I'm driving, I, I found myself at one point thinking. Oh my God, like the last thing, the last place on earth I want to be is in this car going to the store to buy a shovel. And and the very next thought was, and I, I just I just want to be back there digging the holes. And then I thought, I don't even really want to be digging the holes. I just want the bloody trees to be in the ground. And I don't even really care about the trees. I just want my wife to be happy because she wants privacy. <laughs> and then it just, it just literally hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, this is the job that I'm in. Yeah, we yeah. sell tools, and and just like I don't want to be going to the store to buy a tool, nobody really <laughs> wants to buy tools. <laughs> they're 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 a means to an end, and the more we recognize that, and the more we can can focus on the end result, the end game, the more the more likely we are to to sell the tools so there you go that's that's the story behind the story i love it i do too i love that this was it was a like your own situation as opposed to just i gotta find something that's a good analogy this was literally you living the shovel story it, i absolutely love it if you've if you've ever had one of those sort of like aha moment sort of this like like all of a sudden you had this this crystal clear you know clarity about something it, it was literally that it was like like lightning struck i was like oh my gosh there you go yeah that's uh i appreciate you sharing that that's i mean i mean i already kind of said it before you even got into the story for me that has been something that's been so transformational to how i view kind of every interaction it's a question that I actually like to ask going into a meeting, which mm. is why are they showing up? Why are they showing up to this meeting? Because they're busy. They didn't really want to sit through an hour demonstration of our features. Right. What are they trying to get out of it? Why is why is it to use your analogy, why is them getting in the car sweaty and dirty driving to Home Depot? Why is that trip worth it for them? And if we can <laughs> really figure that out, we're gonna we're gonna get well past, you know showing the things we hope they'll like and get to the very personal, this is why it's important to you, which I mean, often I, and I love to hear about this as well. I love to hear about this from you as well, kind of separating the difference between what someone cares about versus what the company cares about. Um, love to hear from your perspective. How have you seen that play out too, as you kind of dig into what someone might like to see? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a really important point. And this was another, this was another, I think, difficult lesson that, that I had to learn on, on my journey. And, and look, let's be honest, this is why I have it number six is to perfect. If I'm still, if I'm, if I'm honest, I'm still learning all these principles e e even to this day. But the reality is, is you may be meeting with an individual that, that reps, represents a company and he or she may in fact be more focused on the technology or the tool or they they may have a, a much smaller perspective than than maybe their their boss or their boss their their boss's boss and 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 they may be lo losing sight of of what really the the end game is so i i think as and and this is where 
I think we, we need to be big ass little E sales engineers. This is where I think as a sales professional, sometimes we need to help the people that we're working with discover or consider what really is the end game. What are you really trying to achieve? And, and there are ways to do that. I, you know, I, I recall at times asking some of the people that, that, I, that I was meeting with, you know, if I spoke to your boss's boss, what, are, what would he or she think about this? Or what would, what would he or she care about most, right? And, and it's sometimes you get some interesting responses, right? It, and by the way, this is, this is actually a good way to disc. I mean, we don't love disqualifying opportunities, but we also don't want to spend months working on an opportunity that's really not backed by an executive sponsor. So it's, it's a good, it's a, it is a good way to sort of level up the conversation. He, and he, here's, I think, the key takeaway. Let's not assume just because we're speaking with a, with a prospect or a customer that works for a company, let's not assume that they have a bigger picture in mind necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think we need to be the ones that are sort of leading them down that path. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's something that's easy to forget is that we always assume that the picture is perfectly clear in the person's mind and that's not often the case. That's not often the case. Do you find that it's good to, in those instances, to come in with more of a, here's what our other customers have seen, or do you just try and guess at it? What's, what's a good philosophy for when you're in that situation? Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, I do think that, that this is where we need to be, we need to de demonstrate or, or, or become or position ourselves as subject matter experts. We can talk about what other customers have achieved. We can talk about some of the concerns that some of our other customers have experienced, some of the pitfalls that they've, that they've experienced, right? And, and help them sort of think broader than, than what they're thinking. You know, we, we, were, we were talking about discovery and, you know, it's interesting, the, the questions that I find to be the most valuable during discovery are questions that get the customer thinking about something that maybe they haven't thought of yet or haven't considered, you know? If, if, if our discovery is, is only scratching the surface and they're they're only telling oh there's there's my there's that thumbs up again. <laughs> you know I think if you do this you can get balloons. I have that, uh, I think, at I think work. That's what, Just, I think yeah. I th there there you that's, go there, there you go the yeah. balloons there you go. So I've got all all, all kinds of you know graphics. Yeah. If you want if you want a fun one throw up the 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 uh, the there you go. Is there a thumbs up? There's got to be a laser. Oh my goodness! I did not. <laughs> see I'm see I'm learning now. I'm starting to play with the tool. You got me you got me all worked up about the tool. I I know. I now I'm yeah. I, I I've accident that one didn't accidentally do. Someone told me that, but I've definitely made balloons appear I, on my work I, I, laptop. I, lo I love that. So for anybody who who <laughs> may have guessed, I re I recently made the switch from when I've been a Windows guy literally my entire life. Microsoft Windows my my entire career, and I just recently made the switch to uh, to Apple to a Mac Air, I think. So at the urging of my kids. So I, I'm still I'm still going through that process. Just remember, um, you can enable right click. Most important. I, I, I can't. Okay, we'll have to take that offline. You'll, you'll have to teach me how to do that. I haven't, I haven't figured that one out yet. Um, any event, where, where, where were we? Um, so how, how, do we, how do we sort of elevate the, the, the conversation? 
I, I think it is talking about what other customers have done. There's a, there's a term that I love to use called the disruptive truth. And, and what's the disruptive truth? There, there are things that we can share that are maybe counterintuitive insights or, or just insights that we have that may not be obvious to others that, that are designed to sort of change the way they think. Um, oh, and I know we were, we were talking about discovery and when, when I can ask, when we can ask a question that, that really gets the customer, it's one thing to ask questions and they're just giving you answers sort of straight off the, off the top of their head, right? right? We're, we're just scratching the surface. And, and honestly, I think most people get a little bit impatient with that, right? I mean, you're asking me just basic questions, but when we ask them, ask them a question that maybe they haven't considered, that is not only is it a great way to get them to start thinking about the, 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 the problem or the challenge or the end state a little bit more broadly, we also start demonstrating our expertise and we're positioning ourselves as experts and we're building credibility. So I think these, and this is, is you know, people, people ask me, Chris, how do you differentiate from sort of a junior SE to a more senior, a more seasoned, a more tenured SE? To me, these are the kind of things that really define a more senior SE, a more tenured SE. Mm -hmm. I'd like to jump in on that, and I'd like to think think about this idea too. How would we tie? I think I think it's a great point differentiating a, a junior SE to a senior SE. But what about the element of storytelling? in the preparation, utilizing discovery, and being able to to essentially tell the story, execute on the vision, deliver the demo, but at the same time thinking about the idea of, and this is, goes, goes back to an earlier conversation of, well, it, who's in the room, who, I mean, business-wise, like, are we, do we need to talk to the person? Because the landscaper does care about the shovel. So we've yeah. got the landscaper in the room, we've got the, the person who wants the privacy in the room telling that to a cohesive story. If you, any comments on yeah. that or commenting on that in general? Yeah, and and by the way, Adam, I'm 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 already reading you. You're you're the one who who you know strings together you know a few complex questions and gives me like ten different things <laughs> that I, I want to share. Yes, yes, <laughs> as I a result, am. like I went literally, my brain went five different directions as you were speaking. Um, let, let's pick that apart a little bit. Let's let's talk about different different people in the room with at, at different levels in the organization with with different perspectives, right? The the example you gave, we'll stick with the shovel. You know, you've got someone who just cares, is this gonna give us privacy? Right. And you've got the 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 person who's actually gotta dig the holes. Is it is it gonna work for me? Cause I've because I, you know, I'm the one who's 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 working over here to get this job done. For starters, I always say you sort of have to level up to the highest, what I call the highest common denominator, right? If, if you've got someone in, in the room that, that's concerned about the executive perspective, we, we need to make sure we satisfy that individual. That being said, I think, I think if, we, if we quote placate, and I'm, I'm afraid to use my hands because I'm gonna, I'm gonna create something in, 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 in the screen behind me. Um, but but I think, I think the danger we run into is the group feeling like we're just placating to or patronizing the leaders and, and not putting, quote, any, any meat on the bone, so to speak. And, and, and look, a, a, an insightful leader 
is looking not only for are you satisfying or are you are you addressing the the executive perspective and and the strategic objectives what what have you but are you satisfying the the technical principles in the room as well and 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 do you have enough situational awareness and emotional intelligence to to be tuned in to who 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 is who right so i i do think that we need to try to satisfy as as many perspectives as we can here here's just an interesting perspective guys i it took me gosh i don't know it took me at least five to ten years into my career to sort of come to this this aha moment or, or figure this out but it occurred to me one day and i was i was still you know i i had a 15-year career as a consultant i was an it consultant i just i just did it stuff and i was an enterprise architect and I was in a meeting one day and it occurred to me, and, and, and everybody, every time somebody spoke, all they were talking about was their perspective and what they cared about. And nobody was listening to anybody else. And I'm sort of a consultant, so sort of on the outside, sort of looking in. And it finally occurred to me, everybody's thinking the exact same thing in this meeting. It's all about me. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So the more we can remember that more than likely every every member of that team to a certain degree is thinking about it's all about me. Now some of them have a higher level of emotional intelligence and and they're more concerned about the team and and all that, but the more we can remember that everybody wants to understand how does this impact me and 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 at their different levels sort of address that as best we can. I think I think we're gonna do a, a, a good job, or or at least manage the room, and and the more the players, the harder it is. Yeah. I think we have to be at peace. We have to be at peace with the fact that look, if you've got ten, if you, if you've got ten different people and five different departments and people at different levels, in, in a one hour meeting, you, you're you're not gonna satisfy everyone's requirements. And and to me, this is a conversation that we need to have it with the AE. So anyway, that, that's the first thought that comes to mind for me, Adam. I think I think there were a few other sort of splinters on that question. So what what other piece of that question did did did, did you wanna did you wanna touch on? Well I think you covered the main theme, the most important part. So that's really that was that was the root of it. Um I mean, essentially, it's funny because there there is a balancing act, and there's a por- there's a portion in, in in the book where it even you even write about that. But I just always like to convey the message that we have to be aware of everyone in the room. We have to balance our demos to everyone in the room, and make sure that I mean, a philosophy that I've always carried with every presentation is is I'm here to educate, but I'm also here to entertain a little bit and keep your interest, and that's what I always like to weave into a good story. I, I, I absolutely love that. And you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm really glad you said that. I always had the attitude and, and, and Jack, you sort of were sort of alluding to this a little bit, which is why, again, going back to the, why did they jump in the car, sweaty, dirty to drive, you know, to the meeting, so to speak? Like, what, why did they give up their valuable time? And, and I always had the attitude that they have given up their time to, to meet with us, whether they like me or not, whether they like our solution or not, whether they decide to, to work with us or purchase our solution or not. 
I always wanted them to walk out of that meeting feeling as though it was at least worth their time to hear what we had to say. That was always my number one objective. If nothing else, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this about you. I'm gonna make it informative. Adam, you use the term entertaining. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, some people are good at, at, at telling jokes. That's not, you know, humor's not exactly my, my strong suit. Every now and then I say something that's, that's somewhat funny, but it almost happens by chance <laughs> more than on purpose. Um, but I always wanted, I, I, I always thought to myself, if I were them, what would I consider valuable for this meeting or what what what's something what's at least one thing that I could leave with that, that would make this this meeting worthwhile and I always tried to keep that mindset the the other thing that you mentioned is storytelling I knew there was something else you mentioned there was another thing you mentioned was storytelling and again I mean you know there, there are people in the space that, that run 12-hour workshops on storytelling and we we could talk forever on storytelling and 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 I'll share, I'll share just a couple of thoughts. The first one is I, I think it's a term that's way overused. I, I, think, I think we way overuse the term storytelling. And I think we need, I think we as just an, as a profession need to learn to become more specific where, when, when we talk about st telling stories. And, 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 and allow me to give you a few examples, guys. Mm -hmm. I'll argue that my, my, my shovel analogy is an example of of an of of a way to 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 get a point across with a story. The story I told about how I came up with the idea is another example of a story. But there are other ways in which I think we can quote tell stories or 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 weave stories into our demos in such simple ways. And I'm going to give you I'm going to give you guys and I'll give the listeners one great example. Most demos start something like this. We're here today to demonstrate our product and show you how our product does X, Y, and Z, A, B, and C, right? And by the way, people talk about the tell, show, tell approach. That's a very common approach, right? So what did I just do? I told you, right, what I'm, what I'm gonna do and now I'm gonna show you and then I, from now on, I challenge everybody who listens to this. From now on, I challenge you to start your demos in some way like this. We're here today to demonstrate how companies like yours have leveraged our solution to achieve blank. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again. We're here to demonstrate today how companies like yours have achieved blank using our solution. It completely changes the trajectory of the conversation. We're not here to demonstrate a product. We're here to demonstrate how companies like yours achieve blank. Interested? Yeah, that does change. That does change the tone, right? And and I think that's a great. That's a that's a fantastic tip. I'm I'm always looking for anything I can do to help take the focus, not take the focus, like clearly they want to hear from us. So we're not taking the focus off of us, but take the focus off of widget A, B, and C and put the focus back on why the heck, why the shovel, right? Like I said, this has been like, it's it's the whole, how can we do whatever we can to get to the privacy that you care about, you know? Exactly, exactly. And which, 
I, I, I love that. I love the everything related to that shift and, and dealing with different people in the room. I, I had a thought while you were you were talking about some of that, like having the 11, 12, 15 people in the room as well. Sometimes, Chris, you're going to have the person in the room that thinks a tree was a bad idea and it's going to destroy the value of the entire neighborhood, mm. right? So the less you can focus on your individual tool and the more you can address what each individual person will be wanting, you're going to run across the person who thinks that your tool is a really bad idea to begin with, which you still have to address them. You still have to. <laughs> but if I'm going to keep talking about how great it is that my shovel can install trees... I still am missing the point that there's a person that thinks trees are awful. Yeah. <laughs> but they love privacy. You, so you have to stay. I think it's, you have the more we can stay at what we're going to do for you today, the more we can stay at the total end product vision and value, the less we're going to run against people that are against the features we're going to provide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, I think an important takeaway from what you're saying, Jack is I, and I, and I made this mistake. I think it's easy for us to assume that if we're meeting with a team of four, five, six people, whatever, it's easy to assume that they, they're all on the same page and they're sort of part of this big one happy family and they all agree on it. Not likely. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so oh, it's yeah. Often the opposite. To, yeah. More than likely, it's the opposite. You're going to have some. In fact, I mean, I've literally been in demos where where you could tell one person was trying to convince the others that this was something they should be doing. And they brought us in to help him convince the others. Right. You, 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 you got to be you, you, you got to sort of, you know, walk delicately in that in that situation. Oh, yeah. I have been caught in the middle of a political fight at a company and that's <laughs> and then where it explodes in the room that you're in and all of a sudden you're going do you want us to, like I actually asked is it better if we leave and reschedule <laughs> yeah. like, like should we because be here? clearly there's some like I, I don't feel like we should be listening to this and they're like yeah why don't we uh, we'll, we'll we'll reconvene <laughs> yeah yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that's awkward so true <laughs> Chris we do have one Indeed. more question for you that we'd love fire away. We'd love to. We'd love to uh, jump in right now. What would you change in the book if you would change anything? Mm. Well, I would change. I would probably change quite a few things. I would. I would add quite a few things. And and I. I, I know we were we were chatting about this. I, I think it might have been before we joined. But I, I published a book in in 2019 in June of 2019. Less than a year later, the world literally shut down. Right. And, and so just that alone, there's so many things that I would change. Cause I just, I talk a lot about driving to the, the, the place of work or walking into the, to the room and, 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 and reading the room and just, just the, the dynamic, the, the dynamics of working with, with our sales counterparts and working with, with prospects and customers have has changed dramatically. So that, that's one thing I, I would, I would, I would certainly change. There, there are things that, that I feel like, and you know, I've been running this business now for almost four years. And I've, guys, I've had the opportunity to work with over 50 software companies. And, and the, here's the irony is that they hire me to train their people. And yet the person who's getting as much of an education as anybody is me. Because I'm, and I'm learning and I'm seeing how different organizations operate and i'm and i'm realizing in fact i'm i'm giving a talk next week 
at, at a kickoff, and, and this is the second time I've, I've worked with them. And, and, and leading up to last year, they said, Chris, we're our high transaction business. Most of our SEs are doing anywhere from 20 to 30 demos a week. We, we, so we don't have time to do a lot of, of discovery. They're not doing significant. So I talk about the discovery call and then preparing for the meeting and, and creating the customized demo and all that. That's great for those enterprise deals and the people that, that sort of, you know, work in that pattern. There's a lot of people out there that are high transaction and they don't, they don't operate that way. So there, there's, you know, I think I might write a portion of the book that says if you, if you live in the high transaction world, the, maybe the SMB world, and you're doing five to eight demos a day sort of on the regular, there are different things that, that we need to do. And, 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 and I, would, I, would, I would include that in, in the book and recognize that, you know, I had a very enterprise B2B sale experience. Not, not everybody does. Yeah. That's very fair. I, I think that I, I think the only other thing that, that that I might might change or add is I don't talk much if if at all about proof of concepts and, and trials and supporting trials. So I, I think I think I would I would include that something on that as well. Maybe maybe it's it maybe it's the seventh habit to prove our, our solution. So <laughs> oh, I, I had thought about it. Should I ask like, cause I had like, ah, I'd feel cheeky to ask what would the seventh habit be, but you answered it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that to might prove, be it. That, yeah. To prove. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. Chris, this has been absolutely fantastic chatting with you. Appreciate you taking the time before we kind of end the, our time here. Uh, any kind of call it you'd like to make any, uh, anything you're working on right now that you'd like to kind of mention? I'm, I'm glad. I'm so glad you asked. Actually, so in November, at the urging of a colleague of mine named Bill Balnave, who and I don't have his book with me. I should have. He he wrote he wrote a book called Tech Sales Wasabi, and at at his urging, we have created and launched a Six Habits certification program. I like that. And it's it's available at the web available on the website Tech Sales Advisors. Um, if you've if anybody who's who's actually been through a Six Habits workshop and there's quite a few people out there who have been, they can just enroll in, in the certification, basically get a study guide and, and sit for the exam. If you've not been through a Six Habits workshop, you can enroll in the program and it has a full collection of Six Habits training recorded videos. And, and then you can get the study guide and, and sit for the exam as well. And it's it's a it's a professional certification that that is really starting to build some momentum. So that's probably the most excited you know, most exciting new thing that that we're that we're offering now. Yeah, absolutely love that. Um, I, the most common question I see from new people starting in the profession or looking to get into is, well, what certification should I go out, go out and get? And there's not a lot out there. So now I can now I can definitively say, well, you should check out Chris White's. A certification, the Six Habits of Highly Effective Sales Engineers. Uh, what's what's the official title of it? It's the Six Habits Certification. Or? It's Six Habits Six Habits Certification. I think technically we're calling it because we're ultimately going to have multiple levels. Right now, it's Six Habits Foundation Certification. So we're also going to have a practitioner certification that's going to involve more of a practicum, and and then we're going to have. And, and we've started, we've put in place Six Habits Certified Coach and Six Habits Certified Instructor. So, so this right. is sort of the, the, the path that we're on. 
I love it. I like that a lot. Absolutely love it. Well, 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 Chris, thanks again. We appreciate you taking the time. It's been a blast. I know I've enjoyed it. I've I got a couple of key takeaways that I'm uh, <laughs> that I know I'm going to start using tomorrow. So, so thank you so much. Well, thank thank you guys. And and by the way, congratulations on your podcast. Uh, I've enjoyed the sessions that I've listened to, and there is there is plenty of room for people like you guys doing this. So I'm I'm excited to see that you guys are getting this going, and and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Well, that unfortunately is the end of our interview with Chris White. I hope you enjoyed it as much as Adam and I enjoyed chatting with him. All, you know, laser lighting effects and balloons and thumbs ups and everything else uh, that goes on. It was an adventure. It was, uh, had so much fun. We hope you did as well. As a reminder, check him out on LinkedIn. And we'll also link to the Six Habits Foundation certification that if you're looking to level up your game Check it out. I, I know a, peop, a couple of people who've gone through it. They said it's been absolutely worth it. Uh, I kind of knew about it beforehand, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> that's I did okay. not. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, Adam, there you now. Now you know, Adam. Go, now go, go check I do. It. Now you know. Right. Now so I know. Let you know about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, learning. But yeah, uh, that's going to wrap up our January here. Starting next month in February, uh, doing discovery, and I covered the name. Oh, I did it again. Doing Discovery by Peter Cohen. Uh, pick up the book. Give it a it's read. A heavy book. I mean, we talk about doing Discovery with with Chris in the interview. This is a great way to get your foundations on. Actually, the, the mechanics of doing Discovery, which I found very beneficial reading through the book. I know, Adam, you have as well. It'll be fun to talk about. Meanwhile, DemoJockeys.com. Come join the Slack community. Come join the conversation. Be a part of that. Be a part of giving us suggestions. What books would you like to see this year? We have, we already got a good number of books and, and guests lined up for this year already, but the whole year isn't planned out yet. So if you've got, if you got an idea, a book you'd like us to cover, please let us know. And the Slack community is the best place to do that. It's going to get exciting, folks. It, really it already is. is. It's it's already. <laughs> I'm, I've already been already. having excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'll see everybody in February. Uh, thanks for February. being here. Take care. Bye.